We are in Mormon chapter 9, and this is Moroni finishing up his father's record. And he decides in this chapter to address those of us who have a problem with the testimony of Christ. And I love that he goes through this. It reminded me as I was reading of Elder Oak's conference talk as he tried to lay out how he could spell out for us why we should believe there is a Christ. How he could spell out that none of this, the creation, the earth, all of the plan, it all hinges on Christ. If And so as he spells out, as Oaks does, why you there has to be a Christ for any of this to make sense. <laughs> there has to be a Christ. I just started smiling and thought... You know, I get lost in there trying to prove. It's easier almost for me to just take that with faith. Like, okay, none of the good things that happen would happen if there weren't a Christ. All the miracles, all the movements of the planets, all of that is easier for me than, than reasoning with my brain why there has to be a Christ. And it just made me smile because I thought, isn't it nice that we have 15 apostles that speak and we each hear, we each have a favorite who speaks our language. But I just smiled as I was reading Moroni trying to convince those who maybe speak a different language. Let me say this in different words and try and get your brain to understand why there has to be a Christ. And so I love as you go to verse four, it says, I say to you, you would be when he talks about the end that um, the judgment and he says, you will stand in front of him. And do you believe in verse 3 that you could stand there remembering everything you did wrong? Because all of us have things we've done wrong. And a consciousness of your guilt. And he says, you would be more miserable in verse 4 to stay with him than you would to go to hell with everyone else who's done horrible, awful things. You would be more content and more at peace there then you would standing in front of Christ, recognizing how you never called on his name and did not do what he asked and all the things you did that were wrong. And I love in five, for behold, ye shall be brought to see your nakedness. And I have written right there, Adam and Eve. I really believe naked means exposed, that we are exposed and God knows all and we know he knows all. And that is the test. Are we going to be okay standing in front of him knowing he knows everything? Will we look at him knowing we have tried and he knows we have tried and that we have called on his name to make up the difference? Because really it's all about waking up every day and trying and calling on his name and begging for him to walk with us and help us to be more and to do better and to overcome our weaknesses and the things that we're trying to be better at. And so I love that in 6, he just says, you have to turn to the Lord and cry mightily to him. He's the only way. That's the only thing that makes up the difference. And then I love... 
in verse 9, for do you not read God is the same yesterday, today, today, and forever? In him is no variable, no variableness, neither shadow of changing. It's been the plan always. It is one eternal round. God loves us all. We are here to prove we will pair with him and to end up with him. That's the plan. Call on the name of Christ. He is the way. He is the path. And I love that he says, um, if you have imagined to yourself in verse 10, a God who is not a God of miracles, um, that the whole reason, not a God of miracles, then in 11, for behold, I will show unto you a God of miracles. And then he goes, since the world began, starting with the very beginning, the prophets, Adam and Abraham, and he just goes through all of it. And as you go in 12 with Adam, it, Christ was needed right at the beginning with Adam. Adam ate the fruit. And so I just love that he spells this out from the beginning. 13, and because of the redemption of man, which came by Jesus Christ, they are brought back into the presence of the Lord. All will stand before him being redeemed and um because of the death of Christ, bringing to pass the resurrection, with which bringeth to pass a redemption from an endless sleep. And those words, the redeemed, the resurrection, the redemption, all awakened by the power of God when the trump shall sound, and they shall come forth, both small and great, and all shall stand before him. And then um, in 14, and then cometh the judgment, and then cometh the time that he, and I love this verse, that is filthy shall be filthy still. He that is righteous shall be righteous still. He that is happy shall be happy still. He that is unhappy shall be unhappy still. It is all about what has become our motive, our desire, every day what we're striving, what have we sought for. And it's having that eternal perspective Every morning waking up, well, every night making an accounting to the Lord. I'm sorry, I lost my temper here, or I said things I shouldn't have said, or I didn't listen to your promptings. And every morning beginning again, a fresh start. Help me do better. Help me listen better this time. Help me to be more patient. Help me to be more kind. Help me to serve. Help me to look for those who need. And I just love that, that really those daily actions, those daily strivings, those daily trying, we don't even realize who we are becoming. But when we stand before him, we will stand with confidence knowing that has been our desire. And he will smile and make up the difference knowing that has been our desire. And so it really is, what is, what is our passion? What is our appetite? What is our desire? Whose path are we following? We should know right now, today, you should know what is my motive? What is my desire? What am I working on? What am I striving to be? Are you excited for conference to hear the word of the Lord? Are you thinking, man, that's my weekend, my whole weekend? You know, it's just really, we should know. Okay. And then I love um, that it says in 17 that those who say there have not been miracles and in 18, and who shall say Jesus Christ did not do many mighty miracles? 
And there were many mighty miracles wrought by the hands of the apostles. There's just been miracles over and over since the beginning in his name and the works of Christ from the beginning. And 19, he changeth not. And 20, and the reason why he ceaseth to do miracles among the children of men or why you might think he stopped doing them is because we dwindle in unbelief and we don't believe in him anymore so if there's no faith then then he can't it all hinges on us and then i love that he says in 21 behold i say unto you that whoso believeth in christ doubting nothing whatsoever he shall ask the father in the name of christ it will be granted to him it is that easy ask do not doubt. And it's just that whole scripture with Joseph Smith. You know, those who lack wisdom, let him ask of God. We test him, prove him now herewith. Ask, he will be there for us. And I love in 24 again, and these signs shall, shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And that's the whole missionary workforce. If you want to know miracles that are worked by God, ask a missionary what they saw, what they got to participate in, how the Lord used them on their mission. That is by their fruits. And that faith and putting your trust in God. And I just love that. And then go to 27. Oh, then despise not, wonder not, hearken to the word of the Lord and ask the Father in the name of Jesus for whatsoever you stand in need. Doubt not. How many ways does he need to say it to us? Test his word. Try him. See if he's your God. Call out to him and ask and prove him. Because he will deliver. And I love in 28 that it starts with be wise. Because one of our prophets, the very last thing he says, and I think it's Alma. Oh, be wise. What more can I say? That really sums it up. And if it's not Alma, excuse me. Be wise. Be firm. Be unshaken. Strip yourselves of all uncleanliness. I love that. And then in 29, see that ye baptize not unworthily. Do everything in his name in worthiness. Make sure. And I love that it talks about Jacob being unshaken. And it talks about Nephi, I know in whom I've trusted, realizing who we pair with. They tested him. They tried him. They knew. When's the last time you had a prayer answered? That would be the question I ask. Can you remember a time that God answered a prayer for you? And if it has to be when you were a little child and you lost something, your shoes or something, and you prayed and then you found them, think of a time that God has answered your prayers. He is the same God and he desires to do that now. And so I love that. And then um, if you go to 31, glorify God, condemn me not because of mine imperfections. And this is Moroni talking, neither my father because of his, neither them who have written before him, but rather give thanks to God that he hath made manifest to you our imperfections, that ye may learn to be more wise than we have been. 
And I made a list under this, just briefly, Captain Moroni in his angry letter to Pahoran. What a blessing we have that, to learn from that, to learn to mark ourselves and to watch our words and to think through our actions. Nephi, a wretched man that I am, that even a prophet of God can cry out, filling his weakness and begging for God to take it away from him. But ending with, I know in whom I've trusted. Lehi complaining when they're starving and the bow has broken and they don't have food even a prophet of God, and then being chastised by his son and humbling himself in the depths of humility to God. Thank heavens we have that. Alma the Younger, who was the vilest of sinners and becomes the prophet of God, that we can learn from them and learn to be wise. And he says to be more wise than they have been. I don't know that that's possible, but what a miracle that we have those stories to learn from and to see what they did well and be like them and see what their imperfections were and learn from those. That's their prayer. What a gift that God has given us that. Isn't that what we want for our children? Learn from my mistakes. Be better than who I am. That is what God wants for us. That's what Moroni wants for us. That's what all these prophets want for us. And I love that. And here's what just sums that up in 36. And behold, these things which we have desired concerning our brethren, yea, even their restoration to the knowledge of Christ are according to the prayers of all saints who dwelt in the land all prophets, all members of Christ's kingdom, all saints from the beginning have prayed for this very thing, that all will be brought to a knowledge of Christ and be brought to live with him and with all of them again. And I love that it says that. That's their whole goal, all of us with them. And then in 37, may the Lord Jesus Christ grant their prayers be answered according to their faith. And their faith we know is incredible. And may God the Father remember the covenant he has made with the house of Israel. And may he bless them forever through faith on the name of Jesus Christ. First, God answered those prayers, Moroni prays, through our faith. Second, remember the covenant. He is an unchangeable God from the beginning. That has been his plan. And third, through the name of Christ. He died for us. He atoned for us. It is all about him. And he was the plan from the beginning. What a beautiful testimony from Moroni. And I love how much he loves us. He saw us. It was written for us. He pleads with us. Just be wise and realize he's there for you. So use the gift that he gave. Strive. It's all about trying every day so that when we stand before him, he knows in whom we've trusted. He knows that we are becoming. And that's what it's all about. I hope you know the church is true, and more than that, I hope and pray we know our Savior and what he's done for us and what he offers us and how much he loves us.